Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Heart Diaries. It's Lisa Parks here, your host. I am a Wild Heart guide. I am an author. I am a spiritual detective. And this week I'm a bit of a stressed Wild Heart. <laughs> it's been stressful here. Um, how are you anyway? How are you? I hope you're well. Today's episode is about being able to sit with uncomfortable stuff because I feel like I've been swimming in shit this week, quite frankly, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) And, you know, such is the human condition and such is life and such is this crazy world. But I think I've I've been thinking about it a lot because I think we live in a world where there's instant gratification, isn't there? At the touch of a button, we can just click on our phones and get whatever we want. But I think that that robs us of our focus and attention because everything's so quick. I think that also stops us from, you know, being able to hold our attention and learn things. We're looking to ingest bite-sized information I'm talking about TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I am stop I have stopped going on TikTok as much as I was. I've actually ring-fenced it off to a certain time of day where I'm allowed to go and look on it after I've done all my jobs and my work. But um I think I think one of the things that children used to say to me or wild heart children, sensitive children when I work with them is why is everyone so impatient? Now, impatience is obviously a stress response. Adults are triggered when they're impatient, but that's because the adults that raised them were impatient with them. And so it continues. But I also think what fuels that fire is the world that we live in, a world where everything happens at a gazillion miles an hour. And if you are a sensitive wild heart, you will not like to be rushed. I hate being rushed. And I try not to rush myself and I remind myself when I'm triggered and everything feels like an emergency and the sky is falling on my head. And that has happened a lot this week that nobody died and everything's okay. And I'm an adult and I'm a smart girl. My inner parent kicks in and goes, you're a smart kid. You'll figure it out. So, but it's not easy. And, um, So this episode today is 12 things your future self will thank you for. And I also think this is another way of looking at where we abandon ourselves. It's it's another where we need another dose of self-love, I think. So I hope you find it helpful. Settle in if you're journaling along with us today with your pretty podcast notepad. You're very welcome. And if you don't have one of those yet, you can go to the homepage on my website and pop your details in and I'll send you a copy. It's a lovely place to keep all your learnings because I hope that there's lots of information on here for you to learn. Well, I, I know there is. And I was saying to my Wild Heart Book Clubbers this week that we learn through repetition. And every time you go through the course content, you will learn something new. You will hear something differently. It will land differently. And the same applies to listening to the podcast. If you sit down with your journal and you keep listening to the episodes, you know, if you start at the first one and go all the way through to where we are now and sit in series two and then go back to one again, 
in that time and space, all the information you've learned will have percolated and settled in. And then when you go again and listen again, it's like you're hearing some things for the first time. And that's what we call having ahas or light bulb moments. But the pretty podcast notepad and journaling in general is just a good way to keep track of those things. Also, it just reminds you that you're making progress and that you're doing well, doesn't it? So I have a journal, by the way, cheeky plug. I have a tarot journal, which you can find on Amazon. I shall pop a link in the show notes for you. I also have a downloadable journal called Unlock Your Magic. And... On the 1st of June, my 30 day journaling experience is starting. It's called You Got the Love. So you'll journal with me for 30 days. I will give you prompts. They're all prompts around self-love and tuning back into your higher self, your energy. And there'll also be four workshops around self-love. So just expanding on what I've been talking about on the podcast, really. So if you're hungry for more, or thirsty for more, <laughs> and you'd like to work with me, um, do come and join us. We start on the 1st of June. It's called You Got the Love, and I will pop a link to that in the show notes for you. As you can tell, I'm a massive fan of journaling, and I've done a lot of episodes on journaling uh, here on the on the, on the the podcast because it's just such a fabulous tool for clearing the crap in your mind, getting clarity, and um, it's great if you're a freeze responder, it just brings you back up online, helps you make sense of everything. I think when you're a freeze responder, if you're a freeze responder, you're prone to doing the whole I don't know and being in a state of confusion and overwhelm. So then if you start to write it out, if you can recognise when you're triggered, then it, it, it really does help. Oh, also, not forgetting, on the last Wednesday of every month, we journal in our jammies. <laughs> on the last Wednesday every month we journal in our jammies to candlelight and twinkly music and it's free it's a little workshop I hold and so that's a way that I like to bring us all together as a community I would love to meet more of you and you're very welcome to join us I shall pop a link to that in the show notes as well lots of linkies today but helpful ones I think right so Number one on 12 things your future self will thank you for is get up 10 minutes early to journal or enjoy your morning cuppa in peace. Honestly, that 10 minutes in the morning, your future self, so what I mean by that is you at eight o'clock in the evening or you at midday that day or you later on in the week when the shit hits the fan will be grateful for all the 10 minutes that you've spent with yourself first thing in the morning. I think I've told you this before. I used to run a club called Chatty Club for Mums and that was one of the things that I disciplined them or helped them find time for themselves because they were just being launched from drama to drama and thing jobs and things to do and they were swimming in all sorts of overwhelm and stress but if you start the day off on the front foot with yourself from a place of calm and you do that for 10 minutes every day which is what this 30-day journaling experience is also going to bring to people 30 days of that you will have filled up the bank of calm inside your body. So see it like a piggy bank and you're adding all those 10 minutes and they're cumulative. And what they do is when you're stressed and upset, you can dip into that bank and it just creates more space inside of you. So you don't feel like you're losing yourself when you're caught in the storm. And 
you know, you don't have to journal. You can just sit with your cup of tea, enjoy the silence. One of my um, teens that I coach was saying to me this week that she woke up really early. I think it was when the clocks went forward. Did they go forward? Yes, yeah, spring forward. The clocks went forward and she said she woke up really early unintentionally and she got up and went downstairs, fed her dog, fed her cat, didn't put the telly on or anything, just sat there in the silence. And she said, oh, our house is, our house is really busy and noisy. And I said to her, oh, it's something really nice, isn't there, about getting up before everyone else does and just having that time and space yourself. And she said, yeah, I really liked it. And I said, do it again then. You see? And then that that just becomes a habit. But it really, really does help. I think it's easier for you if you're a morning bird and not a night owl. Those of us that were born, I was born at nine o'clock in the morning, bang on the nose, obviously, because I hate being late. <laughs> Although I was two weeks premature. <laughs> well, I would rather be early. So that's true. Um, but if you're an early bird, then, you know, when you I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like this, as soon as I get out of bed, I'm like, Ba-ching! and I'm all like, la 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 la, you know, which could be really annoying for someone who's a night owl that comes alive at night. But I think we all have those, what do they call them, cadian rhythms where you know, we get we get into patterns and cycles. But I definitely think getting up 10 minutes earlier or even even more than 10 minutes, but I'm saying 10 minutes to make it easy to start off with. Number two, your future self will thank you for not watching another episode of your favourite series on Netflix. So you don't have a snooze fest with your alarm in the morning. Yeah, because we don't, as I said, we don't like to be rushed. And, um, how many of you do that? Hands up. I've got my hand up right now. You can't see me. What am I watching at the moment? Oh, I'm watching Jane the Virgin, which is a telenovela about a girl who is a virgin, but she gets accidentally artificially inseminated. Oh, it's so funny. It's it's quite, um, again, it's going back to my teen years. You know, like I, I'm exploring things that bring me joy that I should have been able to do when I was a teenager instead of having all those adult responsibilities but yeah if you if you fancy a laugh check out Jane the Virgin it's if you're in the UK it's on ITVX it's actually on in the evenings at eight o'clock every night but if you want to binge watch it I shouldn't be encouraging you because I'm saying that your future self but what I'm saying is be disciplined with that so this is about not instant gratification so I say to myself after I've switched off my computer and my phone in the evening and I finished my work well you can scroll on TikTok for an hour or you can watch an episode of Jane the Virgin. They're your choices. That's what you do to children, isn't it? You give them controlled choices. And um, and knowing that I've got that coming at the end of the day is also a treat because then all the jobs are done, aren't they? And everything's out of the way. But the thing is, if I start binge watching and I think one more episode, one more episode, then I feel like crap in the morning. And then you can't do your getting up early in the morning thing the next day. But that is a little bit, it's not self-sabotage well people say it was self-sabotage but I always think self-sabotage is self-protection and I always think my inner child gets rebellious like that and thinks no fuck it I'm going to watch another episode because she hasn't had enough time to herself during the day or during the week she's been over giving and over functioning and giving too much of her energy away to other people so she has a bit of a shit fit and goes no I'm actually going to sit here and indulge myself who does that benefit it doesn't really benefit me and and what I've learned through journaling journaling and exploring on that is 
Rebellion is a need for control, (laughs) isn't it? But I am in control as an adult and I need to set boundaries around my time and attention. Number three, my inner self, my inner self, your future self will thank you for not making a decision out of fear or in haste because another person insists or because everyone else is doing it. You will regret that decision and you will have resent for the resentment for the other person. Do it because you want to and it's aligned with your values. So when we make a decision out of fear, we're in survival mode. We've gone into fight, flight, freeze or fawn and we're rushing. Survival mode puts us in life or death. That part of our brain kicks in. We think the sky's falling on our heads and we have to decide now. Nothing is that much of an emergency unless you or somebody else is about to get hurt or is in danger. It's not. Slow down. See, you don't instant gratification and we do it out of fear to make it go away. But really, it's about feeling that no in your gut. That's how I've learned to set boundaries. It might not be in your gut. It might be in your throat or in your chest, but it's a really sort of like strong feeling and um, you can feel if you close your eyes and I, I ask you a question now. So close your eyes and I'll ask you a question. I'll say, um, do you want to do that massive pile of ironing tomorrow? I'm assuming you're all going to say no to that because, well, actually, I do speak to some clients that like ironing, but I bloody hate it. Or let me ask another question for the people that love ironing. Do you want to spend all day tomorrow washing up? Right, just go inside and feel where that no, it almost feels like a fist clench inside your stomach, inside your chest, inside your throat. Feel that no inside of you. And put your hand on your heart and breathe into it. Breathe into it. Breathe into it. And then formulate the words come off the back of that no I don't want to no thanks no I'm not going to do that tomorrow when you instead of focusing on what the other person's going to think and how you're going to hurt their feelings and all the other gubbins that goes on when you're in fear stay with yourself and that's what we call practicing the pause so when someone asks you to do something if you can't do that in front of them or you haven't sort of trained yourself to do that Always say, oh, can I get back to you on that? I'll let you know. Don't instantly say yes to everything. Hopefully that's helpful. Number four, your future self will thank you when you sign up for that course or go to therapy or you'll take an interest in your well-being. Yeah, lots of people have misconceptions about self-help and therapy. They think only really damaged people go to therapy. Therapy is for everybody especially in the world that we live in now. The world we live in is fucking dysfunctional and toxic. When you think about the fact that the country is run by psychopaths, people that have parties during COVID while people can't see their relatives who are dying in hospital. When you think about people in the royal family who are allegedly paedophiles, but the law doesn't apply to them, they don't go to prison for their criminal acts. But the rules do apply to the rest of us. The elite 
one rule for them, one rule for the rest of us peasants. And so what I'm saying to you is society is dysfunctional and we are marinating in that toxic and dysfunctional energy. Our brains are being bombarded with messages all the day long. And from those messages that we take in, you know, that forms our belief systems, which forms our thoughts, which forms our feelings and has a massive influence on your life. Therapy and journaling or my course, 30 days, my 30 day journaling experience helps you stay with yourself and unravel your thoughts and look at the way you think and look at your beliefs and challenge those kind of toxic, dysfunctional ways that we're being served up and presented as normal and they're being glossed over and they're okay. It's 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 the hallmark of a dysfunctional family to sweep everything under the carpet and pretend it's not happening. But we live in a society that functions like that. You know, we live in a society where people still smack their kids. If your husband smacked you around the face, that would be domestic violence. It's double standards. We live in a society where we shame and control and punish children in schools. And then we wonder why they're flooded with anxiety. And they need, you know, they need help with that. I I think your future self will thank you for anything you can do to protect yourself and not get drawn into the drama and the dysfunction and the toxicity of the society we grow in grow up in i think they call it an infected ideology but you know our kids are forming their beliefs based on that and all of them that are scrolling tiktok their minds are like sponges and you know my mind is like a sponge if you're an hsp if you're a highly sensitive person if you're a wild heart you absorb all that stuff knowingly or unknowingly but unknowingly if it goes into the unconscious it still drives your behaviors and your feelings so your future self will definitely thank you for that your future self will thank you if you step out of your comfort zone there's no change without change <laughs> if if you don't do something different what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something to change right i can't remember who said that I want to say it's Einstein, but I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. Google it. Um, but it is the definition of insanity. And coming out of your comfort zone uh, means venturing into the unknown and probably regulating your nervous system if you're a sensitive wild heart. And because it's in the discomfort and the learning from the discomfort that we grow. You know, like how a diamond's made. Diamonds are rocks in the ground, aren't they? Until they get polished and polished and polished, the friction, and that makes them all shiny and sparkly. So it's only through, I mean, and that's not to say that, you know, oh, you had loads of adverse childhood experiences. Great, you're a sparkly diamond. I hate people that say that because no one deserves that. Not Those things don't happen for a reason. They're shit. They should never happen. The adults that raised you should have been responsible adults and taken care of you properly and protected you from harm and, you know, treated you with respect and loving kindness. So I'm not saying it in regards to that, but I'm saying 
And actually on my kids podcast, I did a whole series of episodes called the Courage Chats, which is a 10 step, (laughs) 10 step way to step out, to get out of your comfort zone. The key to doing it is to do it step by step and to be with yourself every step of the way. And it's like saying, what one thing can I do to take me closer to my goal? You know, if I if I eat another bag of popcorn or if I sit here and watch another four episodes of Netflix, does that take me closer to my goal or further away? Susan Jeffers, who wrote Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, called that pain to power. She wrote a little chart and she wrote pain on the left hand side and power on the right hand side. And every time you and you have to be conscious of your actions, like so many things we do on autopilot every day, don't we? So many things, so many things. So it's becoming conscious and aware. When we have awareness, then we can change and grow. But you do need to step out of your comfort zone. This year, uh, stepping out of my comfort zone is probably going to be moving house and doing a bit more travelling. And that means lots of change for me. That means changing up the way that I work. That means changing my surroundings. And, you know, this place has been my my uh, my comfort blanket through the last 10 years of healing. And I'm going to have to kiss all that goodbye. And that is a big, big change. And so we do it in baby steps. Although things have been happening this week where I might not have the luxury of that choice. I may just have to go. Uh, I will talk about that more when I feel that I can talk about it because I don't want to emotionally dump on you on here because that's not going to help you but uh, you know sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone can just be changing up your routine it can just be having those difficult conversations with people that you need to have it can just be having the courage to be vulnerable and tell the truth Number six, your future self will thank you for saying no to an invitation or request for help so that you can catch up with your life. So I've talked I've talked about that already, but I do think that spending time alone by yourself and actually scheduling that in your diary to have time to self-reflect, to tune into your body, to go within, to be a hermit. I think your future self will thank you for that. What does that bring? It brings connection. We're all fragmented in the fact that our attention is being harvested by so many different things outside of us. And that takes us away from ourselves. And what brings peace and joy and contentment to me is feeling content, aligned, is feeling comfortable in my own skin. It's not being blown about by every breeze. I don't want that. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to get drawn into other people's dramas. When you grow up in a house that's riddled with trauma, you'll be dragged into drama triangles. I'm going to do a whole episode on drama triangles. If you know about Cartman's drama triangle, then you can go and Google it. But you get every all relationships in trauma-based families are superficial because there's no emotional connection they're all based on drama gossip and you get dragged into triangles and it's bloody exhausting and so protect your time protect your time protect your energy don't give your energy away to that rubbish no one wins in a drama triangle 
nobody. Everyone is powerless, but there is a way to come out of it. I'm just going to make a note to do an episode on that because I think that will help. Number seven, your future self will thank you for not scrolling on your phone for hours and doing something more productive with your time. I can't tell you how many people say to me, I haven't got time for that. I haven't got time for that. But how many hours do you spend on your phone every day? Right? I dread to think. I think my last report on my phone that came through was eight hours on my phone. I mean, I do a lot of my work on my phone anyway, like making appointments for clients, emailing clients, posting in the World Heart Book Club, posting on social media. I work more hours now than I did when I had a corporate job and I don't earn as much money. People might think I'm mad, but it enables me to have a life I want and it's more satisfying. So, yes. See, your priorities change, don't they? Priorities change as you get older. Protect your peace at all costs. But um, think about what you could do if you weren't scrolling on your phone for hours. You could read a book. You could journal. I'm going to say that a lot on this episode. You could go for a walk. You could do some breathing or mindfulness. You could take one of my courses. You could start up a hobby. You could do artsy and craftsy stuff. You could paint. You could sew. You could cook. You could do some gardening when the evenings get lighter. You want to get out in the garden. Another thing my teens tell me is they get brain fog from being on their phones all the time. And I really believe it's a thing. And if you're a sensitive person, it ain't good for you to be hanging out in that energy all the time. I've talked about that a lot on here. I have a love-hate relationship with the online world. It's great because it enables me to talk to you, to reach you, to help more people. That's my goal, to help more people spread the word. But it also is not always good for your mind. So put the damn phone down, people. Put the damn phone down. Number eight, your future self will thank you for doing that job you've been putting off. My jobs that I put off, I've already said, ironing, decluttering, difficult conversations and my tax return. I bloody hate doing my expenses. I hate doing them. Um, but when I've when you've done that shitty job or cleaning the bathroom, I don't really like cleaning the bathroom. But when you've done that shitty job, how good do you feel? So your future self will go, oh, great, we've done that. We don't have to worry about it. Otherwise, it just hangs over you, doesn't it? Like a grey cloud and follows you about everywhere. Your future self, number nine, will thank you for letting go of what you can't control Stop wasting your time on other people's stuff. You can't control what other people think. You can't control what other people feel. You can't control what other people say to you. You can't control anything. All you can do is control your response to it, not your reaction, and set boundaries around your time. And that brings me on to number 10. Your future self will thank you for not attending every argument you're invited to. One of my stress responses is to get defensive which is probably a fight response it's a trauma response because I was blamed a lot for things in my house that weren't my fault and was made responsible for adults feelings you know I was an emotional caretaker what that what that does or what that has done to me is when people misunderstand me make me wrong Hear something I haven't said. Um, 
gossip about me to other people and form an opinion about me, which isn't who I am. I want to stand on an orange box in the middle of the cricket green where I live and say, I did not fucking do that. That's my inner child who's incredibly angry about the injustice of that. And for her, that's valid and real. And I can help her with that. I can soothe her and I can say to her, it doesn't matter what those people say, Poppet. I know you're a good kid and we're all good. And I'm going to take care of you because other people are going to have thoughts and feelings according to their version of reality. And it doesn't mean it's true. It's just their thoughts and feelings. Like thoughts and feelings and opinions aren't facts, are they? The fact is, is that you've got to be really clear, and this is what I've learned as an adult, about who you are. Know what your values are, know who you are. When someone comes and tells you who you are and you're not that person, you just put your shields up. You don't let that in. You you mirror it back to them and you say, you know, that's your stuff. You can keep that over there. But if you feel the need to defend yourself and you get triggered by being misunderstood, I totally empathize with you like one million percent there's nothing more frustrating but what you have to realize is sometimes there are misunderstandings in communications and they can be sorted out by having a quick discussion usually but there are people out there who are committed to misunderstanding you and trying to mess with your mind and keeping you in a state of confusion so that they can control you When you are estranged from a dysfunctional family, I'll just throw this into the mix. It's not in my script, but it's just popped into my head. When you pull away from a dysfunctional family, you become the scapegoat. You become, you know, you're wrong for leaving. You're this, you're that, you're the other. You're mad. You're unkind. You're disrespectful. You're ungrateful. Whatever bullshit stuff they want to throw at you, don't let it stick It's called a smear campaign and people will run stories on you. They will make you the villain so they don't have to look at their own shit. That's what it is. That is what it is. I get angry when I'm saying it. That's what it is. It's their stuff. It's their projections. I've the stories I've had run on me. I don't care about my family. You know, I've cut them off. That's a lie. I have not cut them off. I don't care about them. That's not true. I talk about them all the time on here. They frustrate me, but I love them from a distance. Um, I'm mad. I was told I was mad when I was going through a mental health crisis. I was stopped. I wasn't allowed to see my niece and nephew because I was mad. I was a threat to them because I was mental health. There was someone in our family who was mental health and it was not me. But that person was running stories on me. The person that does that is the person that always needs to be the victim. Watch that because those kind of people, they get off on being the victim. They garner sympathy from other people. My daughter's not talking to me. I must be the worst mother in the world. You know, come on. That's a child talking. That's not an adult. That's an inner child talking. We can have empathy for that inner child. But when you're dealing with an adult like that, it's bloody frustrating. Let me tell you, bloody frustrating. People that are committed to misunderstanding you are mind fuckers. And you do best to just not get involved with people like that. Uh, number 11. <laughs> that's, that that's leads on nicely to number 11. 
your future self will thank you for not taking things personally because did you see how I got really worked up when I was talking about that because I'm making it about me and when actually it's none of my business nothing to do with me what other people think of me I can't stop them from running stories gossiping saying mean things about me but what I can know in my heart is it's none of my business all my businesses is to know who I am and to stand in my truth it doesn't change it that someone doesn't agree with me or that someone has a different opinion of me. It doesn't change who I am. Oh, it feels so good to say that. I'm going to say it again. Write it in your journals, people. It doesn't change who I am. Whatever anyone else thinks of me, it doesn't change who I am. I know who I am and that is all that matters. Last one. Number 12, your future self will thank you for putting away some money for something you really want. £10 a week in a pot, £5 a week, couple of quid a week. Put your coffee money that you would spend. So every every Friday when I go to therapy, I always go for a, I take, I go and get a takeaway coffee before I go and I take it in and it's my treat. And Recently, I've not been getting a coffee. I've been taking my bottle of water because I'm trying to cut down on caffeine. In fact, I've gone over to decaf, which is much nicer, I think. I don't really taste any different, I don't think. And um, I've been putting that money in a piggy bank, in a little piggy bank that I've got. Do you remember those piggy banks? Those of you that were raised in the 80s, who had the NatWest piggies? Do you remember them? They were a whole family of piggies, all painted and beautiful. I had them and I actually sold them on eBay <laughs> uh, when I moved back in here. I did they were for about 100 quid. They're like collector's items. But no, this is a different piggy bank. It's like a little tin with shoe. It says shoe money on it. And I just put my coffee money in there. And it's building up. And so when it's built up and that's another thing, people say, oh, I can't afford this and I can't afford that. It's never true. It's always about priorities. Like if I if I prioritise coffee, takeaway coffee, which maybe you love takeaway coffee and you don't want to give that up. That's your prerogative. But it's about what's more important to you. Because when all that money's saved up and I've got 100 quid, I'm probably going to buy another course with it or I'm probably going to buy books with it or it will pay for a therapy session for me. Another therapy session which is worth more to me, it's worth more to my well-being and my peace of mind, again, it goes back to my peace of mind again, than having a cup of coffee every time I go to, it was just a habit I got into. So where can you, your future self will thank you if you make provisions for the future. That's not to say that we should live in the future all the time, because the best place to live is in the here and now, being, being mindful, isn't it, even though I hate the word mindfulness. But I'm just thinking about all the people that say, oh, I can't afford this and I can't afford that. What it is, is French for saying, I don't want to spend that money on that right now because I'd rather spend it on other things. I know we've all got a, a, a certain amount of money a month and we have to make that go round. We all have to do that. But do you see what I'm do you see what I mean? Like sometimes sometimes it can be an excuse not to make the commitment not to do the thing not to buy the thing that you need usually the thing that we don't want to do the most like for me it's moving out of here is the thing I need to do 
to shake my world up and and take me to a better place the next step the next chapter in my journey so I hope you found that helpful today um, if you've been journaling along it'll be good for you to just kind of look back and see what things I've said really jumped out of you have jumped out at you and maybe go through and underline and highlight those and think about actions you can take to make those things happen and you only need to do one small thing like you don't need to do all 12 things at once just pick one do that for a week see if it makes a change maybe do it for longer than a week they say it takes 30 days to uh, rewire your brain to create a habit I actually think if you're a trauma survivor it takes a lot longer than that because we're battling with um emotional flashbacks and and triggers that can come from our own thoughts so pick one thing do it for as long as you can don't beat yourself up if you can't do it every day and you fall off the wagon and if you want to create a habit of journaling please come and join me for you got the love on the 1st of June you are so very welcome right I'm going to leave it there for today so until next time stay wild choose love so much love to you. Bye for now.